We're going to continue today in um, in Romans, the eighth chapter. It's my favorite, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. We have Psalm 27, Psalm 23, Isaiah 35, Isaiah 36, uh, 61, uh, Isaiah the 50s. You know, I mean, like really like the Bible is really awesome. And so, um, and by the way, I got these, I got these um, gauze shirts and they're really comfortable and they're really cool. And what I mean by cool is, uh, both uh, the um, cool that, hey, man, that's cool. And also it, it's, it breathes really well. So um, anyway, yesterday, yesterday we talked about how Jesus, uh, how the Holy Spirit has laid claims uh, upon our lives. He, 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 he has led a claim upon our life. In other words, he's driven a stake in our lives, and, and that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. And then so I want to pick up in verse 12. I, I just think that Romans chapter 8 is such an important chapter, um, and, and I believe that we need to get it in our hearts, especially during this time. And um, and that's what we're, we're going after today. And so uh, actually over these last few weeks, um, even through the, the hurts and the pains and the discouragements, I believe that God has done uh, incredibly great things in our lives, and um, and and he he's he's um, he, he's taken that little trowel, that little spade, you know, that little hand spade when when he's going around and digging around us and getting the weeds out and getting getting it so it's only him and us, and um, and all the things that we held uh, close to us, you know, like uh, uh, congr- you know, big congregations, uh, people listening. I, that's why I love doing the Facebook Lives. I don't necessarily know if it's a ministry uh, as much as I believe that it is an opportunity uh, to to bless you. Um, I'm not interested in, in raising myself up. What I want is to make Jesus famous, okay? Um, yeah, so um, so if you want to, go ahead and, and make a, uh, a um, what do you call that thing, a, a shared video. Um, a, a, a video party or whatever they call it. Anyway, um, oh, just by just by the way, you know, you have to know that um, that that things um, like like places like platforms like Facebook, which used to be you're allowed to say your opinion, right or wrong, uh, are now becoming um, editorialized. Uh, and in other words, if somebody disagrees with you. Uh, they can claim that it's false news or, or, uh, uh, um, you know, something that is not true when, when people can actually do that themselves. So be really cautious. Um, you know, and, and, and you have to realize that, that social media is changing totally. That, um, that if, if you disagree with the, with the narrative of the, of the, uh, the narrative of what, um, society wants you to believe, they will disregard it and they will put it in as a false. And so you have to know that that's what's happening. However, the word of God is true. And if the Roman Empire back then couldn't contain the word of God, neither can the United States and its um, socialist agenda. Um, and I'm not saying all of the United States. I'm talking about most of the Western world wants to be socialist. They didn't learn from um, from uh, what happened in the early 1900s. They just didn't learn. And, um, you know, and it's like, they think they can do it better. And I remember when I was, um, when I was, uh, in school, 
I remember saying, I'm going to become a teacher and I'm not going to give out tests because I thought tests were wrong. And then I became a teacher and, um, and, I, and I taught history uh, in high school. I taught, um, I, I taught math and, and stuff like that. I didn't teach English, obviously, <laughs> but there are principles. And, and you had to give a test to find out what you need to teach. Okay, what are they getting? What are they not getting? Um, I remember one of my final exams uh, in high school was, um, did the Civil War end? Why and why not? And it wasn't that they got, uh, that it was a right or wrong. I just wanted to hear them give their opinion and not only give their opinion, but to back up their opinion. Okay, but that's not happening anymore. Uh, in society, they're just saying, we're going to give you your opinion and you're going to believe it. And so that's what they want to do. And you have to understand that they're going after, um, and I think the, 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 the socialist agenda missed it by not indoctrinating the young ones. And in fact, that's what public school, um, would do. They would infiltrate, they would go in and they would, uh, train kids in their minds. And, uh, and then, so when the children grew up, then they, they were already had that, um, mentality. They already had that, um, uh, thought process that, that, you know, that, um, that the Aryan nation was good and everybody else was wrong. And, you know, Hitler did that. Um, the, uh, also Mussolini did it. Um, Stalin did it. That's why you had Russia for so long. The Soviet Union for so long was communist. Castro made it, made Cuba do that. And then people just bought into it and they believed it because they didn't know another way. And, um, and then so that's what society's trying to do to your voice. It's trying to do to, um, to truth and, and righteousness and it's trying to do it to the Bible. And so even, so much so that even Christians are, you know, this has nothing to do with the teaching. It's just a rant. So just bear with me. Um, the institutions now, like even, uh, even uh, a lot of the, um, so-called, um, teachers, um, and, and, and scholars, biblical scholars are downplaying Bethel music, uh, downplaying the new worship songs. They even did it in Toronto for Toronto back in 95, 94. Um, they did all of that and they, and they downplayed it because it was only the hymns. You can't have these new songs. And, and, um, and I got to tell you that, um, a lot of these songs that are coming out today are really like prayers that people had prayed, uh, in their, in their lives. God of revival. Um, telling God that all of our fountains, all of our life is in Him. Um, you know, and it's actually biblical, biblically sound. And I don't believe that, um, that, that we need to do that. We're not going to compare hymns. I mean, there are some stupid hymns. Don't get me wrong. Some glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away. You know, while that may be true, it's just a ditty song and it, and it really doesn't honor God. And, and, um, and what I mean by it doesn't honor God is it doesn't lift Him up. And it doesn't exalt him. It doesn't, it doesn't bring him to a higher place, nor is it a, a song where, um, you know, um, it, it's not a song that really brings you closer to the Lord. It, it's a song that is supposed to encourage you. Don't get me wrong, because some, we're, we're just gonna, we're just gonna zip up out of this world, but actually that's not gonna happen. What's going to happen is the, 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 the glory of the Lord is going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Okay. And if we're zipped out of here, uh, just at the end, what is that all about? 
you know, and I'm not saying I'm not talking about the rapture. I'm not talking about that, but I'm just saying that this is our job assignment. This is our, this is what we signed up for when we became Christians. What's happening now? Cause Jesus doesn't want to take sides. He wants to take over. Okay. And, and, and as long as people can, as long as Christians can believe the, the, the essentials of the gospel, that, that Jesus Christ died on the cross, uh, for our sins and you can only get to heaven through Jesus Christ and believing in his name. Um, you know, and, 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 and you believe that there's a Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, God the Holy Spirit, you can, you recognize that. Um, you know, not that Jesus was a God, but that Jesus is God in the flesh. He's the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And, um, and as long as you believe that, and as long as you believe the essentials of the, of the, of Christianity, you know, some people believe in, in, in infant baptism. Some people believe in baptism after being born again. Now, I know where infant baptism came from. It's because everybody was dying in the plague and they had to baptize them beforehand, you know, but before they became Christians because they weren't sure they were going to, they were going to live. And it became a religious act, but that's another story. Okay, so let's come back here. And I'm saying all of this because the Holy Spirit is true. The Holy Spirit is God. And there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Okay, the Holy Spirit, the God the Father, how God raised Jesus from the dead. Okay, and that same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And how Jesus raised from the dead, you know. And he says this, So then, beloved ones, verse 12, the flesh has no claims on us at all, and we have no further obligation to live in obedience to it. You are not obligated to live according to the flesh. We talked a little bit about this last night or yesterday. But if the life of the Spirit puts to death the corrupt ways of the flesh, we then taste His abundant life. We can have the abundant life if we would put away the deeds of the flesh. We're not obligated to the flesh. We're not obligated to it. I remember this preacher uh, guy got up and, and, and he preached one day and he says, I sleep with all the women I want to. I drink all the alcohol I want to. I smoke, do all the drugs I want to. I steal all the items that I want to. And then he stopped and everybody was in shock. And he goes, but Jesus changed him I want to. He's not obligated to go after the flesh, but he's He's under compulsion, under obligation to go after the spirit because the spirit has given him life. You remember when Jesus was uh, talking to Nicodemus. He says, unless you are born again, born from above. In other words, you are born of the flesh, but you have to be born of the spirit. That which is flesh is flesh. This stuff. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. You are no longer your own. You are bought with a price. That's what Paul says. Sons and Okay, now we go to verse 14. The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. Okay, you're moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. Um, I have a friend, and I've said this before, but there's a friend of mine who lives in Sacramento. And, um, and he and his wife, when they go shopping, they listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit to tell them what to buy. You know? And, and, you know, like, like you have the essentials, but the Holy Spirit will tell them other things. Like they bought this star fruit. I never had a star fruit before. It was delicious. And so, you know, it, it's just that God wants, God wants to be a part of your life. I, I know people that do turn by turn GPS, um, guidance. The Holy Spirit guides them 
to do something. There's a gal friend of mine in L.A. that um, that the Holy Spirit will speak to her a lot and say, go down this street, uh, go down this street, make a left on that street, and the fifth house in, go and knock on the door, and then they get to pray with that person, and that person gets saved or healed or whatever. And it's happened many times. Or, or God will say, go into this store. They'll go into this store not knowing what to do, and somebody walks in there, or somebody is in there, and they said, God told me to give this to somebody, and they showed me your picture. They showed me, he showed me your face, and this, I'm supposed to give you this money. Okay, so the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. I went through a season where, uh, where the Holy Spirit would wake me up, and, uh, I'd say, okay, what do you want to do today? And, uh, and the Holy Spirit would speak, and, and he would tell me what he wants me to do, or, or what, what, what we're going to do. And then one day, um, we got into a, an argument. Um, yeah, we got into an argument like teenagers. What do you want to do today? And the Holy Spirit said, I don't know. What do you want to do? And I said, I don't know. I want to do what you want to do. What do you want to do? And he goes, I don't know. What do you want to do? And, and, and we argued back and forth like that for a couple of seconds. And then, and, um, and then I said, you know, I'd li- I think I'd like to go to Walmart today and just, you know, see what happens. And he goes, okay, let's go. And, and, and then he said, sometimes it's, it's not just about what he wants to do. Sometimes God wants to partner with us in the, in the very desires that we have to do, that we, that we want to do. And then he partners with us in that. You know, I, I, I tried sketching. I'm not a very good sketcher, but I, I tried sketching and, um, you know, and then sometimes God partners with me and, and as I'm drawing and then somebody happens to need that drawing. Okay. So it's, that, that, that's kind of, but you have to be moved by the, when the Holy Spirit says, stop what you're doing and talk to me. You know, uh, my, my, one of our, one of the leaders of our church, uh, Bill Johnson, a lot of times he'll just stop in the middle of what he's doing and just, Close his eyes and just honor his presence, honor, honor God's presence. Before he goes into the store, he'll, he'll honor God's presence because he knows God is with him. He just wants to, he just wants to know, um, you know, he just wants to sense his presence, uh, there. Verse 15. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty. You didn't receive the religious spirit. Okay. Other versions are different, but uh, I love the passion because it's more, um, it's more true to the, uh, to, to the text. But it says, you didn't receive that spirit of slavery. You didn't receive this religious spirit of obligation. Okay. If you're taking it in context, uh, uh, doing religious duties. In other words, you wake up at a certain time, you go to a certain church service, you go home and live like hell for the next seven days. Okay. That's not what he's talking about. You know, he's not saying you're giving your tithe because you expect something. You're giving your tithe to give. To God, okay. Um, leading you back because the religious spirit will always lead you lead you back into the fear of never being good enough. I feel like God is doesn't like me because I didn't witness to that guy, you know, or I believe God's rejected me because I didn't um, give that twenty dollars I was supposed to give. Or God's rejected me because I didn't share the love of Jesus with this person. That's all religious duty. That's all it is. Because I didn't do a Sabbath dinner on Friday and felt like I should have. God's bigger than that, dudes. Come on. 
He says, but, and I love that, never being good enough. Um, this, this, this word, uh, never being good enough is implied in the context that the spirit of full acceptance, it's this Abba, uh, that you, but we've received that spirit of adoption. We've received that spirit of full, uh, acceptance. Now, in many states in the United States, if you adopt somebody, um, you are not allowed to disinherit them. They are always part of your inheritance. They will always receive some of your inheritance. Okay, it's the same thing with Jesus. When we've been adopted by him, he will not reject us. And we, and we will, the Bible even says that uh, his inheritance in the saints. Okay, we are God's inheritance. Okay, that's Ephesians chapter 1. He says, but you've received the spirit of full acceptance. Okay, that spirit of sonship. The spirit of complete sonship. You know, you, 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 the Aramaic would say uh, that that spirit of um, that spirit of consecrated children, okay, children that were set apart. You, you were set apart for that purpose that you were done, and folding you into the family of God. So you are enfolded. You are like you are like I don't know if you've ever kneaded dough. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Michelle. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever kneaded dough, but my mom, I used to watch my mom and grandma knead, knead the dough and they would fold it and fold it upon each other. Um, they, they will unfold it upon each other and they will they, they just keep it folding, keep it folding, keep it folding. And that's what happens to you. You become entwined. You can read Song of Songs and, and you can become entwined. And, and, and with him, you become one with him, okay? And that's what he's talking, folding you into the family of God so much so that they can't tell you apart. And you will never feel orphaned for as he rises up within us, okay, you'll never feel orphaned. And, 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 and many of us feel that sometimes. Sometimes we feel orphaned. Sometimes we feel that, um, that, that we can't get out of this circle, that, that we are all alone. I'm all alone in this world. You know the songs, right? And, um, you know, it, it's like you gotta, you gotta understand this. That I'm folding you into the family of God and you will never feel orphaned. For as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection. I love this part. Saying the words of tender affection, beloved father or Abba father. Okay. We'll probably pick this up uh, tomorrow, but it says, For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, You are God's beloved son. Thank you so much, Michelle. <clears throat> I know sometimes you got to put the anchor down and hunker down while the storm's going, and, um, and, and, and you wait till the storm subsides and then you go forward. Um, yeah. Anyway. We get to say with the words of tender affection, Abba, Father, Daddy, Abba, Father. Now, I get annoyed at people who, who use that flippantly because God is still God. But the idea that we can look at him as we pray and we can look at him and say, Abba. Abba, and it's a word of tender affection. And I think you've noticed 
that babies, when, when, when you hold babies, sometimes they reach up and want to touch your face. They want to, and basically what they're doing is they're, they're getting your, uh, contours to recognize you and to, and, and, and to be able to know you, your, your, your face. They want to see that. And it's beautiful. I love that when that happens. And then he says to us, my beloved child, you see this thing where, where you're enfolded and we are embracing him and we say, Abba, Father. And he looks at us right in the eyes and he says, my beloved son, my beloved child. That's where you're at. Why is Romans 8 so important? I'm telling you this because it's like, Instead of bickering with each other as believers, I'm not talking about the unsaved and the saved. I'm talking about the saved, the Christians. If in, instead of in, in, instead of bickering with each other, what you do is you 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 um, you come together under this canopy of God as He reaches out to you and He says, "My beloved son, my beloved daughter." my beloved children, and you enter into this love for each other. You know, it's okay for me to disagree with people. It's okay for you to disagree with people. That's what being an adult is. I don't care if you disagree with me. You can disagree with me. There's a lot of people I know that, that they, they baptize they baptize babies, okay? I, I believe that they need to, you know, I believe in, in, in baptism after salvation. They believe in, in baptism as a consecration, for for salvation that they will be saved later on in consecrating that baby to God whatever it's not going to affect my world it's like cool I'm glad you do that I'm glad you, you believe that you know I, I don't even argue with people who believe in a hymns only I get that you know I just I just happen to believe that that some hymns are really really awesome and some hymns are not just like Christian uh, worship songs today. Some of them are really awesome. Some of them are ditties. But you have to understand the difference between worship and praise songs and prayer songs. Some songs are born out of prayer. It's just like their heart is, is pleading out. And, 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 and some songs are worship songs where you're honoring God for who he is. And, and you're talking about his character. Holy, holy, holy is one of those. Okay. Then you have your praise songs. We honor you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. For the Lord God Almighty reigns. You know that song. Michael W. Smith sang it. Anyway, I'm not getting on anybody's back. I just want you to look at the bigger picture. Look at the bigger picture. It's time for the church to stand up. And I'm not talking about a building. Whether you like Bethel music or Hillsong music or, or Elevation, Elevation, Elevation Church or the Upper, it doesn't matter. Our focus is Him. And when you start to look at the messenger instead of the message, that's where you're wrong. That's where I would be wrong. Romans 8, it's awesome. Romans uh, Romans 8, actually, pretty much the Bible is cool. Uh, Revelation 4, Revelation 5, tremendous. Last night when we were worshiping, 
I felt like we were, we were in a Revelation 4 moment, a Revelation 5 moment, you know, and God was doing something deep last night during the worship time, this morning as we were worshiping. Felt like something broke in the atmosphere. Isn't that cool? Well, anyway, guys, we're going to talk to you a little later. God bless you. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. And um, we'll just see what God has to do. Have a great day. We'll talk to you. Bye.